Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to follow, rate, and review and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. It is on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Blueberry, and anywhere else you can get your podcast, including Alexa via TuneIn. Follow the podcast on social media at About to Review. If you want to support the show, you can go to aboutreview.threadless.com or click on the link in the description for the Amazon wish list. Uh, and also for the social media, at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me on this week's episode, episode 99, which is madness to think about, is returning guest, actor, comedian, Chris Lamberth. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, John. Always a, a pleasure to chat with you, and congratulations on the impending centennial episode. Yeah, it is crazy. And like right now... You are up to like you just dropped what two ninety six or something? Uh, like two, I'm on two two sixty nine. Two sixty nine. That is yeah. crazy. <laughs> so like every time like I think about like oh my hundredth episode blah blah, and I look at some of what my friends are doing and I'm like, man, they've been in the game a while. It is awesome. <laughs> hey man, some people don't even make it past episode four. So very true. You you just you you do what you do and and go at your own pace and as long as you enjoy doing it, man, like no one can take that from you. <laughs> Absolutely. So on today's episode with Chris, uh, I'm going to be giving a quick review for a film called Maktub, which was on the opening night of the Seattle Jewish Film Festival. Uh, we are going to be talking about Gringo, the new movie by Nash Edgerton, and then Chris is going to tell me about Thoroughbreds which is a movie that looked really fascinating that I had RSVP'd to and then could not make it. So that will be on this episode of About to Review. Before we get into that, we will get into the original theme song created by Damon Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. First thing first, uh, I do want to say, since we're recording this on a Sunday and on Friday, a little TV show called Jessica Jones dropped on Netflix season two. And somebody, if only I could remember who, happens to be in that show on Netflix. Yeah, somebody, uh, you know, had a blink and you'll miss me part (laughs) as a uh, male uh, nurse. Mm hmm. Episode 12, right? Episode 12, season two, episode 12, about uh, like 12, 13 minutes in. Yeah. Okay. It was it was cool. It was fun to to uh, to to do that. Spent a day, like a half a day in, in New York City and, and and did that scene. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. Now, was that something where so it was just half a day Was something like that? Do you get the option to like hang around for the rest of the day and see what everyone else is up to? Or they're like, all right, uh, you did this and we're done with you. Bye. It's kind of like that. Like it just <laughs> as a day player, you you kind of just um, you you're there when you you're like a hired gun. You're there when they need you. When they're done with you, they're done. You know, it's like that's a wrap on Chris. Thanks. 
and and that's it. You know, it it was it was they you know they were nice about mm-hmm. it. They weren't they weren't. I, I was doing one on uh, uh, doing uh, some uh, work on a pilot last week, and uh, it was just two days. And when they're ready for you, they're they're there. You just have to be on your game. You know, mm-hmm. nice. So, uh, so it was cool. It's it's always fun to get to do that. Okay. And you're before we went uh on air, uh you're talking about another thing that you're working on tonight. Not sure if that was something you wanted to talk about here or wait until uh wait a little bit. Oh, but I mean, it's it's a big deal for me. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's just an audition for a show that I'm I'm prepping for. Gotcha. Just trying to put my best foot forward. It, it you know, it we'll we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, but it, it's it's exciting to be in the running for for a, a pretty cool thing yeah you know absolutely so yeah. definitely uh follow chris on social media and just kind of hear about that and also his podcast which i forgot to mention at the beginning so not only actor comedian and podcast host but the mundane festival uh those links will be in the show notes uh below so yeah so definitely like i said before it is awesome to see you and follow you not just on the mundane festival but then things like jessica jones where it's like this thing Netflix that I watch all the time, I know that person. Yeah, it's it's nice that the the years of hard work have have uh, the fruits are starting to come out to mm-hmm. see me do two lines in a in a, <laughs> in a cool TV show. So it's it's uh, it's really cool. My parents saw it. They were like, "Oh, that was good. That was good. oh yeah, well, you know." So <laughs> right. Th- thanks for that glowing support, mom and dad. <laughs> No, they were not like they uh they immediately my see my parents have a they bought a a new TV for the basement. Mm-hmm. And then since it's winter, they don't go down there and that's the TV that has the the Blu-ray player that I set up with the Wi-Fi with my with my Netflix account so my dad could watch all the cool stuff mm-hmm. and uh when I told them, they were like they went downstairs and and checked it out. Uh, so, um, now, yeah, they, they were just, happy. they just skipped right to episode 12 at that 13 yeah. minute mark. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's what I, I told them to do that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, Hey man, so. it, it goes on, goes on your demo reel. So yeah, man, hopefully that's, that's, uh, there's more, you know, there, there's, um, an episode of, uh, Tracy Morgan's new show, the last OG that comes out in April. And I'm, I believe I'm in the third episode of that. And then uh, this Melissa McCarthy movie that I uh, called uh, "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" Hmm. that comes out in October. So there's there's some stuff in the works, and and hopefully there's it, there's more to come. You know, that means that would mean more of my bills will be paid on time. <laughs> what you, <laughs> no. you mean? You mean actors uh, might not pay their bills on time when they're starting out? That seems weird. Uh, totally oh, yeah, new even, scenario. <laughs> yeah, even when you have a even when you have a day job, so it just it just means the bills will be. Uh, caught up so just hopefully there's there's more to come and uh it's it's been fun man like the last the last year's been pretty cool to get to to get to be on projects and and all that good stuff so it's a it's a lot of fun man nice i'm proud of you it is it is awesome to to hear your success and uh to see it on on screen as well uh and yeah i I look forward to seeing what was that i was just gonna say maybe uh it'll it'll let me uh tour a little more I get to come out visit you, Tim and Aaron. You guys could come to a show, mm-hmm. and I go to uh, Nate uh, Robinson's uh, waffle chicken and waffle spot. Oh yeah, there you go. Have you been there yet? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I we mean, have that. Good we'll for him. Good for him. But uh, yeah, no, 
Okay. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully that happens and you're able to come out here to the best coast. I mean, the West Coast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I would love it, man. I'd I love, I love to visit. Nice. Cool. All right. So the first review of this episode is Maktub, uh, which is M-A-K-T-U-B. And luckily, since it was the opening night of the film festival, uh, the festival directors got up there and told us how to pronounce it which is good because that is something whenever I go to like international festivals and I'm like, how is this going to be pronounced? So, yeah. um, Why not just like a, a silly American. Right. I mean, I yeah. always, I always try, you know, so Maktoub, uh from 2017 directed by Oded Raz. This movie is, it kind of takes the, the buddy cop, buddy gangster type of movie in a comedic, uh, kind of portrayal so it stars guy amir and hanan savian and again could be butchering that name not quite sure but they play steve and chuma and they're basically gangsters they they're enforcers they go to neighborhood restaurants businesses in jerusalem uh where this movie takes place and where everybody is from and they just they go and collect the money that that is kind of it but then they start to through some different things that happen, they're like, okay, how can we actually help people? So at one of their pickups, a terrorist attack happens in the middle of the restaurant. Everybody dies except for the two of them. And then they start to realize, okay, um, is this, is this finally the thing that is going to allow us to get out of the game and go to America? Steve wants to start a food truck. Uh, and do fish kebabs. <laughs> Wait, okay, time out. Yep. <laughs> so this sounds really interesting, mm-hmm. but I feel like the 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 food truck is becoming a trope now for when a character wants to change their life for the better. Yeah. Uh, you know that, like it kind of it kind of started with me when I saw that movie, uh, the five year engagement with. Oh wow. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Oh my God, uh, Jim Halpert's wife. Um, uh, I cannot remember, but I remember that happening. Yeah, Emily, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt and uh, the other guy. Oh, Jason Siegel. Mm-hmm. And that was one of his things. And I've seen that. It happened in The Shy. It's happened right. in quite a few other movies, like the movie Chef, John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a it's kind of a thing now. Like that's become a new. Trope. So I, I would be interested in seeing this. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine. I mean, but yeah, that does make sense. And it is kind of something that is becoming more commonplace because, again, food trucks are hip. They're trendy. Yeah. Uh, especially in places like Seattle and New York where you will have food truck corrals. Mm-hmm. So you get six, seven, eight restaurants in these food trucks that, you know, might not be able to afford a brick and mortar, but right. they all come together and they do this thing. So... Uh, so Steve is basically the the smart, sophisticated partner in this in this arrangement between Steve and Chuma. Uh, he is always wearing you know nice suits and just you know really clean cut. Chuma is basically the the kind of dumb but lovable bruiser and the muscle of this <laughs> of this arrangement. Uh, the two of them, those two actors, have actually been writing and directing together 
for years. Like when I looked them up after this, because I had no idea who they were, I was like, all right, let me go see this Israeli movie that I've never heard of before. Looked them up. This is like their fourth or fifth project together. And you can tell like the chemistry between them, the comedy, the timing, everything was just on point between the two of them. And that is always nice to see. Even if it is your first time you know, seeing a movie with the two of them, you can tell that they have worked together before. And I'm sure you have experienced that as well, just being in the industry where once you work with somebody once, twice, or even three times, you already kind of have that rapport built in. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a shorthand. There's a rapport. It makes things a, a lot easier. I think that's why you see, we see a lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, director actor combinations mm-hmm. you know more recently Coogler and Michael B. Jordan you For see sure. De Niro I mean De Niro uh, and uh oh my god Scorsese and Scorsese. Leonardo DiCaprio yeah Denzel and Spike so mm-hmm. it definitely it definitely helps the relationship and it makes what can be a very arduous task ardu- arduous journey at, at making tv and film uh, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So after they, after they basically decide to get away from, you know, the industry, they go to the West wall or the Wailing wall to just mm-hmm. kind of pray and, and do their thing. They happen to take a note from the wall and Steve does not really think about it as he is writing a note down and they get back and they're like, did you, did you take this from the prayer wall? And he was like, Oh, so then they have to realize, they find out, they're like, all right, how about we try and help this person with this prayer that they put on the wall? And okay. then it just leads them on a totally different path. Uh, the movie was just sharply funny. The chemistry was great between everybody. Uh, one of the women in the movie, actually kind of the only woman in the movie who plays a major, major part, uh, Lizo, played by Chen or Shen Amsalam gorgeous like this she was just striking and again when i looked it up they have all worked together before and you, you just you just tell like it just makes sense all of their interactions are layered uh but yeah so that was the opening night of the seattle jewish film festival the rating system for this podcast there are three choices that we will talk about good bad or ugly a good movie is something that you would recommend to a friend Bad is something that you did not really hate, but it was just like, it was just a blah movie. I would not really recommend. Ugly, avoid at all costs. So for (laughs) the opening film of the Seattle Jewish Film Festival, uh, which is running from March 10th through the 18th, and then also a weekend in April to all of my Seattle listeners and Seattle area listeners, uh, the film is Mocktube. It gets a good, really enjoyed it. The writing was clever. The chemistry was just awesome between the whole cast, even in moments of intensity where, I mean, because they are still mob enforcers, essentially, in Jerusalem. And there are some intense scenes when, you know, they kind of go against the boss and the boss in this, he crushed it. Uh, He was just kind of relentless, but also had funny moments in it. So, yeah, it gets a good uh, mock tube. If you can find it somewhere, I recommend seeing it. I have no idea what kind of festival runs this will be in or if it will be on any sort of streaming service, but the link will be in the 
show notes below. So I encourage people to check it out, see if it is showing in uh, in their area. Uh, the next film is one that Chris is going to introduce. It was something that we both saw last week in our respective cities and our respective coasts. Uh, the film is Gringo. Set it up for us. Gringo tells the story of a mild-mannered U.S. businessman, Harold Soyinka. He finds himself at the mercy of backstabbing colleagues, Mm -hmm. local drug lords, and a black ops mercenary after traveling to Mexico. Now, John, crossing the line from law-abiding citizen to wanted criminal, Harold (laughs) finds fights to survive an increasingly dangerous situation that raises the question, is he out of his depth? Or two steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And this movie was directed by Nash Edgerton, uh, Joel Edgerton's older brother. And it stars uh, um, David Oyelowo, mm-hmm. Charlize Theron. Uh, oh, my God. Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton. I was getting real mad at you. Just like Tim gets mad when you and I you know, have talked before and do not mention one of the people that he really likes. Tandy Newton. My goodness. But dude, I feel like we did. Well, who was he talking about? Was who? Who did he mention? I oh, forget. Rosario Dawson. Oh yeah, that, that was. <laughs> I, I thought we talked about her. We did, uh, but not enough, apparently. I mean, <laughs> what more can you say? She was Lala. He got game. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, what? I mean, she's she's amazing. So, um, so yeah, Joel Edgerton, uh, Amanda Seyfried, and of course Tandy Newton. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I really. I would say to your listeners, do not let the Rotten Tomatoes uh, numbers fool you, Mm -hmm. because I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I um, went into it not really expecting much. I was just, I I know that I really wanted to see it Mm because I was going to talk to another buddy of mine about it, but uh, it gave me uh, Fargo vibes. Now, I don't want Mm. to make it... I want to overhype it, right? But at the same time, it it definitely had Fargo in its DNA as a dark comedy, and there were twists and turns that I wasn't expecting, especially with the violence, the level of violence. Right. I was just like, oh, okay, this is really serious. Yeah. <laughs> and I really appreciated the acting, uh, David Oyelowo. I really uh, appreciated his. Um, uh, him challenging himself to not just do I'm the serious actor mm-hmm. and I these are things that happen and it was interesting because I was uh, listened to an interview that he did on the AOL series Build They're, they have a series where hmm. they interview actors and oh, artists yeah, yeah. yeah the Build series where they're promoting their stuff it's a YouTube channel and uh, he, he initially this movie was not written for uh, an, an actor a black actor of Nigerian descent mm-hmm. he lobbied to get this made and uh he, he made it happen and charlize their own produced it mm-hmm. uh, i think joel Edger- edgerton did as well yeah, he was a uh, yeah some executive producing credits also mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and it was just uh it was just uh what i would call a solid ass movie it was just so right. <laughs> it was just in the pocket i would say like if you're tired not tired but if you're if you just want to see, if you're tired of seeing Black Panther for the fifteenth time, right. I, I would say this is like one of those the first grown up movie, like adult grown folks movie of the year to check out. 
Mm-hmm. And that was something, I mean, like you mentioned with, with David, you know, not doing kind of the stereotypical, you know, uh, drama piece. Right. His moments of where he would transition from laughing to that intensity or intensity yes. to something else, like that transition, that switch was awesome. And he did it a few times in the movie. And I think most of the characters had those same moments. There are times when Charlize Theron would be, you know, crying or, you know, really emotional. And as soon as somebody turned around, she would snap back into reality. And yeah. It was all just a big act. Like that was impressive. She's somebody that, um, I don't think she, obviously she's an Oscar winner, but she, she won that Oscar for doing the cliche. Oh, I'm playing somebody ugly. I put on this makeup. Right. Give me a chance. But, in monster uh, mm-hmm. but i thought that you know her performance in young adult uh about six or seven years ago okay. with uh uh the i thought that film was fantastic just her performance pat oswald pat oswald's performance just because she she played this really horrible person and mm-hmm. she looked good doing it and she was uh also a very flawed person i don't think and then you know atomic blonde was her performance in that movie i liked it i mm-hmm. liked oh you know, she's got a very interesting career like she's not just yeah. kind of resting on her laurels and uh and those, my buddy- those laurels are her absolute stunning looks she is one of the people yeah. that when i when i look at her if she did not choose to be you know an actress she would she could very well be a top tier model. And she I know she does some Chanel campaigns and she has done that before, but like looking at her from an editorial photography standpoint, mm-hmm. she is stunning. Like absolutely yes. stunning. So on top of that, she's also a damn good actress. Like right. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> and I think we're gonna see that we're gonna see some more of it in Tully, the movie that they showed oh, the trailer right. or uh, her her teaming up with uh, Jason Reitman again, and uh, what is, I'm I don't know if this is me getting old, but who who wrote Juno? Um, that same oh, uh, uh, we'll get it. We're gonna get it. <laughs> like that definitely is is us being old. But I mean, especially when you think about like talking about her path or her trajectory, mm-hmm. like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, like that was like when she has. What you can do that level of intensity mm-hmm. and give a performance that is that just kind of chilling with how emotional it was. Yeah. Yeah. What well, was, was pretty incredible. And yeah, go ahead with Juno. <laughs> Did you find it's, it? It's uh, Diablo Cody. So Diablo right. Cody wrote the script uh, for Tully. And uh, it, anytime that like I see that combination with Reitman and Diablo Cody, it just seems to work really well. Now I know Juno had its issues, but like it got a little too cute, you mm-hmm. know, but overall I did there were a lot of things that I liked about that movie and it's easy to have that revisionist history on the movie, but I really like their combination uh when they're together. It's just like a great rapper and a great producer mm-hmm. uh together when they make a, an album or a song. So I'm really interested in seeing what happens with that. And I gotta, I gotta shout out my my buddy Rod from the Black Guy Who Tips. Who, right. When we were talking about this film, uh, 
we also meant in, in talking about Charlize, you kind of have to give props to, um, Oh my God, what is wrong with me? <laughs> oh man. Who played the initial tomb Raider? Uh, that would be Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Angelina Jolie for after winning her Oscar, she went on to do a lot of action movies mm-hmm. and that sort of just put her, that kind of paved the way for a lot of these actresses who she's not just resting on her laurels of being like, Oh, I'm just going to be pretty. I'm just going to get these checks. No, I want to get down and dirty. Mm-hmm. I want to want to fight. And, uh, I mean, I, I really, I just thought the supporting characters were great too. Joel Edgerton was fantastic. Joel Edgerton. And he is having a hell of a year. I mean, yeah. both with some critically acclaimed stuff, with some stuff that maybe is not as critically acclaimed, like Bright. Uh, but he is somebody who he is staying busy. And when you stay busy, and it's, and again, you can speak to this too. As an actor, you stay busy. That means that you are constantly on top of your craft. It means that you yeah. are always working on it. And not just you are working on it, but other people are seeing it and they're giving you feedback like, that can only make you better. And so Joel Edgerton, he was great in this. One of the people that was a bit part almost in this, Charlotte Copley is a national treasure. That man is incredible. I love everything that he has done. Like, And in this, I mean, he is funny. He is intense. But all of it works. Right. Yeah, it was, it was just... Every this movie hit on all cylinders for me. I don't know what what medic the the conglomerate of people from Rotten Tomatoes were were looking at when right. they saw this, but I I just thought that this movie was in the pocket, and I don't I don't think I don't think that uh, you'd be missing if, if you saw this at a matinee matinee price. You know you couldn't go you can't go wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was really impressed with it, and I I also went into it not really knowing what to expect, okay. because we just you know we got a bunch of emails from the studio with screenings, and every now and then I just want to see a comedy, and I just want to yeah. see something that is not going to be you know a big drama set piece or even a big action set piece. Like I just want to go to the movies and just be entertained and laugh. I mean, it was yeah. like Girls Trip. Last year, like I saw that, like we were dying. Like that mm-hmm. movie was so funny. And so it is nice to go see movies like that every now and then. So this one, yeah. I had no idea what to expect going in when I came out and the studio rep was there kind of asking. And I was like, that was way better than I thought it would be. <laughs> I mean, cause <laughs> it was just like, cause going into it without really knowing anything, I, like from the trailers, I was like, all right, it looks like a fun comedy. And then yeah. after watching it, I was like, all right, that was that was impressive. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so David's character in this, I mean, works for kind of the a pharmaceutical conglomerate type company. Yeah. And when he's going down to Mexico on one of these trips, a kidnapping of sorts happens, which then propels the rest of the storyline and how everybody is reacting to this. But... Yeah, I mean, Charlize was great. Joel was great. The only people that I think were not so great uh, was Amanda Seyfried and her boyfriend. You can't hate on my white starlets, man. Come on now. (laughs) I would just like it just that whole storyline with them. 
just yeah. kind of felt wasted. I was like, wait, why is this? Why are they here? What like how? What is this doing to propel anything forward? I get. Yeah, I mean, you're not really lying as far as like why are they there, but I think maybe just to have a little more intrigue and whatnot. But now that you mentioned it. Maybe that did kind of maybe that slowed it down a little bit, but um, and with me, it was not even that it slowed it down. I was just confused as to why it was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't mad at it though. You know, it was you know um, that is a, that's a pretty good point. <laughs> Shout out to Melanie Diaz who was in there playing the the um, receptionist. Oh yeah, she, she yeah, was in there she for was, a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she she was in Fruitvale. Re- mm-hmm. Really talented actress. Uh, doesn't get a lot of credit for her work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it oh, was. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. Continue what you're gonna say. I was. I was gonna uh, note another performance after you, you're done. Oh yeah. Um, whenever you get a movie like this, it is kind of that dark comedy that has some action set pieces. I always kind of wonder if those action set pieces are just there as throwaway or if they're actually going to be done well. And I was, again, surprised that when this movie decided to do some action set pieces, they were done really well. Well, it's it's mainly because Nash Edgerton is a stuntman. Like, he's right. a stunt guy. And so he... The violence was really palpable like when you that the first uh maybe like the first or second act of violence there was one there was one act of violence that was kind of surprising because mm-hmm. one because uh Harold the David Oyelowo character was involved and it was just like oh and so so it's like now we got now now we got a movie in a way where that you're just like okay now there's this is uh this is really serious mm-hmm. because there's stuff that's happening around him, but then he's directly involved and it's just like, okay, that makes that change. This changes everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw that same thing speaking again of atomic blonde and uh-huh. John wick. When you get former stunt guys who get the chance to direct action set pieces, they get it. Like they understand it on a level that a lot of people have to be trained on how to understand it. Whereas, they can actually get there, like get in the moment and be like, okay, no, it needs to look like this. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I like, I have done it. Like it works. So like with uh, John Wick, it was Chad Stahelski and David Leach. Uh, yeah. And then David did Atomic Blonde. So yeah, having that stunt man, stunt work background. Pl- yeah, you are right. Plays a huge factor in the believability and the, the pacing of everything. Yeah, because it's all about, I mean, just I remember being in grad school and uh, doing stage combat. It's mm-hmm. all about telling the story. You're because you're still there's it's not just a fight. It's not like, you know, like when you're reading Shakespeare and they say, like, you know, uh, they fight. <laughs> it's like <laughs> right. what, ha- what happens and how how is how are you going to tell the story of these things happening? How are you progressing the story? And that's very important. Like it's it's very important, mm-hmm. um, and, and they they executed it uh, quite well. I would say. Yeah, for sure. What was the thing you're gonna say before I went off on my stuntman tangent? <laughs> I was just gonna say I had to shout out um, uh, Bashir Salahuddin who played Stu, the accountant, right. beginning. Like that was 
like you see a part of that in the trailer, but when you see it in the movie, it's like, oh, this is this kind of a movie. Like it just, I love like I love that performance. I love that scene, but it was just something about this movie that was like that I really appreciated as far as the the racial aspects of it, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 joke that was a through line about the the gorilla and the banana and the carrots there was like and there were so many of those moments where as it was happening like you get these characters giving these similes you know and, and putting these uh character portrayals together being like you know in the wild it does this and this and those are those performances where you see david looking at the character and being like what are they talking about the same way that the audience is reacting to it mm-hmm. those were solid <laughs> and it was just like really blatant just choices that were that uh edgerton and Charlize theron in particular made that were just like these people are not good people you know right it's just <laughs> it just the things the the things that they how they behave towards other people um mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's just an all-around uh enjoyable flick yeah uh, so to the to the rating system of good, bad, or ugly, uh, Chris, what do you give Gringo? <laughs> I give it a good. It, there's no surprise, but it's it's a very it, no surprise that I would give it a good. But uh, I highly recommend this just as something that you can go out. You'll have you'll have a good time. You'll have a good time watching mm-hmm. this. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. This was it surprised me with how good it was, how entertaining it was, but not only that, just how clever it was in the writing the performances and like said Charlize and joel were producers and david really pushed to get this made Mm -hmm. whenever you have that many kind of cooks in the kitchen it can be an issue but with a project like this you can tell that everybody was invested everybody wanted to make the best product they Mm -hmm. could and and it worked so my official rating yeah is is good definitely recommend it i mean even the metacritic score is only a 46 which is still oh, kind of okay. crazy to me because i'm like this was a really solid funny movie mm-hmm. I, I i really do not understand why people would be bashing it or not even bashing it but giving it scores that are not indicative as to what it should be so just again i wonder what are what were people expecting i went into it not expecting anything and was really impressed so I really don't know what else people were looking for. I don't know either, man. I don't know. <laughs> so, but yeah, so definitely check out Gringo. Uh, On to Thoroughbreds, which again, I wanted to check out. It definitely looked interesting. And then I could not make uh, the screening here. But you just saw this like a few hours ago. <laughs> I just saw it a few hours ago. I tried to see it uh, Saturday morning. Uh uh, I tried to sneak in some Chick-fil-A and uh, the movie, the theater was closed Wait, because what? apparently the, the AMC uh, near me, the the theater was closed because there was apparently a fire that happened the night before that Friday night. And okay. so they wouldn't be open till like one o'clock. And so I was just like, oh, man, I was like, I guess I'll just see it tomorrow mm-hmm. and uh, 10 o'clock screening. Uh, so this movie, I'll read the Google blurb. All right. Sometimes I screw up, sometimes <laughs> it's not written well, but it's become a thing, so I will read it mm-hmm. and then 
we'll discuss. Uh, so here we go. Uh, childhood friends Lily and Amanda reconnect in suburban Connecticut after years of growing apart. Lily has turned into a polished, upper-class teenager who has a fancy boarding school on her transcript and a coveted internship on her resume. Amanda has developed a sharp wit and her own particular attitude, but all in the process of becoming a social outcast. Though they initially seem completely at odds, the pair eventually bond and hatch a plan a plan, sorry, to solve both of their problems. This movie was written and directed by Corey Finley mm-hmm. and stars um, Anya Taylor Joy, right? Who was recently in um, The Witch and Split, and Olivia Cook, who was in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, uh, and and she's going to be in Ready Player One coming out later this month, hmm. and the late great Anton Yelchin. Uh, who passed away about a year yeah, or so. About a, yeah, a year and a half ago or so. Yeah. And uh, he was in, uh, Tim and I talked about this film a couple weeks ago, Like Crazy, mm. some of the Star Trek movies, a uh, really terrific movie uh, called Green Room that came oh, out a couple Yeah. Ago. And that, that, Very, that was what I was kind of surprised, not surprised with, but whenever somebody passes and they still have, you know, X amount of footage from whatever projects they were doing, whether that was wrapped, whether, you know, it was not quite done yet. Um, with Anton Yelchin, because there had been such a gap between the last Star Trek film, you know, and everything to see, like to see him in the trailer again, it yeah. really kind of threw me for a loop and, and it hit me in a, in a weird way because I, yeah, I just, I, I, kind of did not know he was going to be in this. And then to see him, to see any young actor in a film so soon after they pass is always just kind of weird and heartbreaking uh, yeah. when you see it. And I believe they wrapped about 14 days, about two weeks before he, he died. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And they obviously dedicated the film mm-hmm. uh, to, in the, in his memory. Um, he's just a really talented, talented actor. He was, you know, yeah. um, he was on his way to do a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but this film, uh, when I, as I was watching it, and when I found out about the ending, which we, obviously we won't spoil, but mm-hmm. uh, this, I tweeted that this movie was probably one of the greatest white girl magic movies ever made. <laughs> okay. And whatever you think white girl magic means to you, Whatever connotation that that ini- that initially comes into your head, mm-hmm. that's what it is, and it was really good. Hmm. Uh, initially, I thought I, I think that this project uh, was initially a play, and I haven't done that much background on the film as far as how it was put together and whatnot. But I do re- remember reading that this was initially a play, and they made it into a film. And you could definitely tell that there were elements of of just just two people in a room mm-hmm. talking, and you get to you you were able to you know to get the exposition about who these people were, and there's there's this one sh- like a, a shot in what you could essentially call the cold open, and you find like say these you look at it it's like this is kind of weird. I want to see what this is about, and you eventually find out through dialogue and there's no flashbacks where it was Hmm. just like, and 
when you find out about how something happened, how that thing in the beginning happened, you're like, oh, wow. And it's just an actor recounting that incident. And it was interesting. You know what I mean? It was just like you because you have to be able to. What is it? The th- what is that phrase? Was like show us, but don't tell us, right? Or I well, I mean, it's like, it's so similar. Like whenever people talk about, you know, that that play to movie transition, or mm-hmm. the two characters just kind of talking, and it reminds me of you know Linklater and Kevin yeah. Smith, where it's just mm-hmm. sit the camera down in front of somebody, right, and just let them work with the material and give the material the best way that they know how, because the camera work is not going to be what sells that mm-hmm. scenario. And now that you mentioned it, I really appreciated the camera work, the cinematography. It it looked good, but there a lot of it's a lot of the action in the film is takes place in this really large house. And I just like the shots, how those shots were done together. Like you you first uh the first sequence is is one of the character the uh the Amanda character walking into Lily's house and and you you're taking everything in as mm. she takes it in and it 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 kind of just does something to you and it's like this is pretty much where we're going to be for a bulk of the action right. and uh i just thought it was a it's a very interesting film it's i could see this going on um my best of list by wow. the end of the year and right right now right now uh it's 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 the best like indie nerd movie that I've seen, hmm. uh, and it's probably I think this has to be the first. It's only March, but yeah, I mean, we, we had Black Panther, we had Annihilation, which I really liked. Um, I don't know. This is it's one of the best I've seen this year. I would have to say. I mean, some of my some of the local critics who went to the screening that I was not able to make. Uh, one of their taglines in their review was stop what you are doing and go see this movie. Yeah. Any, any shout out to my, my buddy, Michael Felder, who is a, a college football analyst. Mm-hmm. He texted, like he listens to us, listens to you, listens to, to me and Tim and all that stuff. And he was the one that reached. I said, Hey man, have you guys, he hit up Tim and I said, like, Hey, have you guys seen thoroughbreds? I was like, wow. Like this guy, you know, <laughs> huh. he was just, like he, this is an indie movie. This is a movie that's right up my alley. Yeah, uh, same. And when he said it, I was like, okay, I got to see it now. Mm-hmm. Well, and like the, to, the tagline on one of the pictures or the the posters was Heather meets Amer- Heather's meets American Psycho. I could see that. I could see and that. When, when, I, when I read that, I was like, okay. I mean, I have seen both of those movies more than yeah. once. I have... I. I'm not sure I'm going to watch the new Heather's TV show. Uh, uh, it it looks pretty rough. But when you when you put something like that on your poster, that that is some high uh, high praise right there. It was you know it was, and thinking about those two films, I mean I think this was a lot darker. Interesting. There's the the last, pretty much in like the last act. It's really, it's really dark, man. It, it, it just like that. <laughs> it's like it's almost like Hitchcockian in the way where you know something's gonna happen, you you mm-hmm. can hear it happening, 
And then at the end, you see the result of it. Mm. And the result, it's very, it is, you know, talking about the theater, theatric, the theatricality of it. Uh, it, it, it very much so is that. And it's, uh, it's really good, dude. This is, um, this is one of the best films I've seen this year. Now, counting, you know, obviously everybody loved Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I love it too. But when you're talking about just an original piece, right work it's it's for nerds like us it's a good it's a good night out it's just like it's it's very uh like i was you just like how is this thing gonna shake out like there's it's right. just like you know like you're just wondering like i'm not really thinking about how it's going to end but it's just like well what's what is the what's the real end game and i, I thought it delivered man it's it's really good i mean anya taylor joy i mean she won uh, a local Seattle award from the Seattle Film Critics Society for The Witch as kind of like okay. the best young actress. Like she, she is crushing it. Like she is doing some really interesting things. I mean, Morgan, you know, maybe was not a, a great film, <laughs> but I right, don't think right, that was right. entirely her fault. No, no, it's just she can't, she can't control that. But like, I, I would never say that her acting wasn't on point and it's like there's a moment when these two girls like because they're they're estranged for they've been estranged for quite some time maybe mm-hmm. a couple of years or so and uh you kind of see where i don't really want where they get reconnected again and it's like oh this is this this was a change like it was just mm. like a really like it was really good man like okay. i don't know i don't know without Without spoiling or anything, I think it's it's a terrific film. It's definitely it's definitely worth seeing. Okay. Um, uh, one thing, one other thing that I was just noticing, this is the director's first movie. Mm-hmm. Could you? Te- I mean, not necessarily. Could you tell? But you already said that you were impressed with the camera work. Did this? Even though you and I watch a ton of indie mm-hmm. movies, some of which are you know better than others, just kind of as the nature yeah. of the beast. Did this right. feel like a first time movie? No, I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, I just I mean, I, maybe I knew it, but I didn't really. It didn't really strike me. Oh, this is this is this guy's first. Is it a woman, man, or a woman? Uh, no, it is a man, Corey Finley. Yeah, yeah uh, I was not. Um, I didn't notice that. I just thought. I thought it was really good, man. Okay. Um, it just just from a technical standpoint. Like I, I, I was noticing like, like blocking, like mm-hmm. the set design. Like there's a scene where they're out. When you there's a moment when you find a the I, what would I guess be the big reveal that one of the characters talks about. They're at her, at uh, Anya Taylor Joy who plays a man uh, Lily mm-hmm. uh, at her place, and they're playing. She's playing like lawn chess, and okay. there's these like big, about two or three feet high stone chess pieces. Okay, moving it around, and one of she's, you know, there's a horse. The, you know, mm-hmm. the movie's called Thoroughbreds, and it uh, definitely right, right. It's just like really, it's just things you notice, like wow, that that was really good. Like you just, I don't know, it's it's uh, it's a good movie, man. Nice. So your official rating, of course, uh, is. Good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good, man. Very yeah. cool. Um, 
Yeah, so with upcoming projects, what are some things that are on your docket, on your mindset that you can talk about? Or what are some exciting things that you have going on in your world these days? Uh, you can you can catch me on, like I said, you, you know, I'm season two of Jessica Jones, uh, The Last OG coming out in April, just uh, some co-starring parts, like just, just uh, Blink and You'll Miss Me. But I think in The Last OG is is pretty good like that my it's with a, a someone who a lot of people are talking about right now and someone who's on the rise and mm-hmm. and that person it gets to be in a scene with me <laughs> <laughs> i like it um, yeah and then and then comedy wise for for your uh listeners in in the new york area mm-hmm. uh you can catch me in um uh in pencil in bethlehem pennsylvania on april Fifth at uh, uh, Steel Stacks, which is a, a venue out in near the near the Sands Casino. I'm doing a, a headlining set out there. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I'll be in in Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, doing doing some shows. So I'm I'm all around the city. So if you're your listeners that are in in New York City and everything, I'll be around. Nice. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So and then uh, social media, where can people find you? ChrisLamberth.com, uh, Chris Lamberth on Twitter and Instagram. And I have a podcast, as you mentioned, the Mundane Festival, mm-hmm. available on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. You've been on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have, you know, we're, we're going to we'll do this thing. We're going to have you back on and all that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm around. Nice. Uh, upcoming things for the About to Review podcast. Uh, so next week will be episode 100. Uh, I have been trying to figure out, and Tim, being Tim, who is one of my best friends in the world, for like the past two months, I was like, episode 100 is coming up, and I have no idea what to do. And he was like, it's just an episode. He was like, just let it happen. You know, don't overthink it. Um, My life is overthinking things. Like, I... (laughs) I'm like that, too. Don't don't beat yourself up about it. Maybe get... Maybe get Tim to interview you. Oh, yeah, that could be. Well, what I was thinking, I was like, okay, do I do like a call-in show? I mean, because I have a number that people can call or they could call on Skype um, and do like a quote-unquote live call-in show. uh, Or do I have people call in and like leave a message or like leave a memory of like when they started listening? Uh, I'm not quite sure. I have been spending way too much time thinking about different options without actually planning anything to do for the episode. I think you maybe just, just treat it like, like Tim is right. You treat it like an episode, but if you want to do something special, I think, I mean, as a fan of your show, I like, I like you and Tim on mm-hmm. there, you know, like I like the, the rapport that you guys have with each other. I know when, what did uh, so Pete Holmes, podcast, you made it weird. He had, one of his friends interview him, uh, right. you know, and, and they talked about stuff. Uh, I think Mark Marin, when he reaches a milestone, he kind of does a similar thing. Right. Um, or you could just do a normal episode. I mean, or what, do you, what would you be reviewing, Tomb Raider? Uh, well, that's <laughs> the thing is like, so next week I have two movies, uh, Seven Days huh? in Entebbe, uh, okay. about the plane hijacking, which looks super intense. Uh, but yeah. also solid. It has one of my favorite actors, Daniel Bruhl, in it. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That guy, man, <laughs> he just, he has something about him where I'm not sure if you were watching the alienist. I've got it. I've got it on my DVR. Is it good? It is good, but man, it is dark. Like okay. it, is, it is a pretty twisted show that is on basic cable. <laughs> Uh, but he is fantastic. Like again, I've talked about it before, but something about when he is on screen reminds me of Tilda Swinton where you cannot not just stare at him. Like he just Mm -hmm. has this captivating aura about him. So yeah, so seven days in Entebbe and Tomb Raider, uh, are this week. So Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely be reviewing those. But yeah, I mean, if people want to reach out i might even put up a poll on on the facebook page to see if yeah yeah see see what people are are thinking i thought about like okay does episode 100 do i do like a quick like 10 second thing of my favorite 10 lists like 10 favorite films or whatever i have no idea but again i i i rarely sleep as it is with acute insomnia let alone laying in bed just being like okay what if i did this 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 yeah yeah, I mean, and then it just gets to the point where you have to do it, and you'll you'll figure it out. I mean, this you this is a quality podcast, so oh, I think, you, you thank know, you, sir. You know what you're doing, man. So uh, <laughs> don't uh, don't overthink it. Oh uh, yeah. So so we will see. So that will be episode 100 next week. Uh, this week, not only is this episode coming out, but on Friday there will be an episode of about to interview with the cast of the new uh, teen drama Love Simon. So great. Yeah. Greg Berlanti. uh, Boston's Creek. Right. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I will be interviewing uh, some of the members of the cast of Love, Simon this week. So that episode will be dropping on Friday. I think it is going to be Greg Berlanti, Nick Robinson and Alexandra Ship. So that should be coming out this Friday. Uh, Definitely check out again to my local listeners, uh, the Seattle Jewish Film Festival fascinating lineup of films and and events it was kind of crazy and this is something that in new york it happens a lot more frequently even in the little time that i have spent over there being at a theater last night in downtown seattle and hearing like two different languages just by regular seattleites was really cool and really unique uh it kind of reminded me that seattle is sometimes not as homogenous as it as it could be. So gotcha. yeah, Seattle Jewish film festival is the 10th through the 18th of March. And then they have one weekend in April. So click the link below to get more information on that. Uh, that about wraps it up. This episode is also a little bit shorter because one of us uh, has to prepare for a big audition for a big thing that we cannot talk about yet. Uh, that one of us is not me, by the way. <laughs> oh man. Well, I hope it's. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll make it up to you another time, and we'll we'll rock out for a longer time. Oh no, no, it's totally fine. But yeah, I definitely, I'm just excited to follow your success and to see kind of where your career is taking you. Because yeah, it is it is pretty awesome to see what you are doing and the passion projects that you have been doing, like your podcast, over 260 episodes of the podcast going on. So this is your what fifth year. This is year five, yeah. Wow. Year five, sometime this month, yeah. Well, it will have been five years, yeah. Yeah, my my two year anniversary is April 9th. so also like just around the corner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So, and this this is a sh- totally shameless plug 
to my listeners. Uh, but if you want to support the About to Review podcast, uh, I put together recently an Amazon wish list with just a couple things on there that would help out the studio. If you have a couple dollars and you want to, you know, buy me a notepad, the same style notepad that I've been using for years that I absolutely love, uh, or a memory card so that hopefully I do not have memory card issues like I did recently. Uh, but yeah, so the Amazon wish list is in the link below. Uh, make sure to follow the podcast on social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. AboutToReview.com has full links to the show notes and guests. AboutToReview.Threadless.com for t-shirts and other materials. And then YouTube.com slash AboutToReview will have an episode of uh, that with the cast of Love, Simon. And also by the time this airs, the interviews that I did at Emerald City Comic Con. So Ming Chen, Pornsack Pichotchet, Johnny Christmas, and Tanika Stotts. That will be on YouTube uh, as well. So, and then, yeah, make sure to follow Chris with all of the links below. So on this episode, we reviewed, or I reviewed, MockTube, gave it a good. We talked about Gringo, which we both gave a good. Really surprising, really, really solid film. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and see it. And then Chris talked about Thoroughbreds, which now I have to see. Gotta because see so many of my local friends and critics were raving about it to hear you talk about it also like i gotta check it out yeah it's the real deal nice so for this episode of about to review i have been joined by chris lambert of the mundane festival actor comedian go check him out in all of the places and i have been your host that guy named john thank you chris for being on thanks for having me man always a pleasure Excellent. And we will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.